about the things people love to hate and hate to love and we're your hosts shelby and matt yep back at it again back yes. at it again what a joy what a comfort um what a week really uh, did, did was this week a week <laughs> I, I i feel like there's a lot of little news which is sometimes more fun because it's like it, it's just a a glimpse into the cultural zeitgeist of the time of what yes rises to the top the creme de la creme as it were yeah, I definitely I have a bunch of like weird little tiny stories. So yeah, maybe we got the same ones. Yeah, probably. I mean, I think one thing that everyone's up in arms about is this um, Wordle situation. Oh, yes, I have that as well. Because <laughs> uh, Wordle, if you don't know, is a game that was created kind of, uh, I don't know, at first it was free. It was just this guy who designed it for his friend and then he made it available to the internet and it had no ads and everyone's like, oh, what a charming thing. And you basically have to guess a five letter word and it gives you like clues based on previous guesses and so forth and so forth. But he managed to have this huge hit, sold it to New York Times as one of their games and promised that it would never change and that it was still going to be free and, um, you know, Everything would still be wonderful, but he just got his payday, which good for him. Happy for him. What a pleasure. But <laughs> well, also like there's a difference between making something and then like running it, you know, like as your full time yeah, yeah. job and whatnot. Like because Wordle is a massive thing now. So yes. presumably like, yes, if he wanted to keep it as a company like he could have. But then, it, you know, it's like that's what you're doing. And I'm sure that when he invented it he wasn't thinking like ah my full-time job will be monetizing like wordle yeah <laughs> and i mean yeah it's a great game people found great joy in it it's the little green boxes on twitter they're everywhere but when it was sold to new york times this phenomenon happened where everyone insisted that it was suddenly harder because the words that came out of it were suddenly like weirder or like less common than the ones that people generally got before i I think it's like it's an interesting look at the human experience because every single trending tweet about Wordle after it sold was, ugh, the New York Times has ruined it. It's become so much harder. Like, this is why New York Times sucks. Like, everything is ruined. This used to be a fun dopamine hit, and now it just stresses me out. I refuse to play ever again type thing. But now people are coming out and being like, you guys, it's the literal same like coded simulation thing where every word has been scripted from the beginning. And you could see that when it was on the original site in the JavaScript, like you could technically find every single word that would be forthcoming. And they compared it to what the New York times put out. And it's the exact same, except the New York times removed a few words that were maybe a little bit more problematic or skewed. So they removed five words, but they did not add anything. They did not change the order. They did nothing. And yet our entire social uh, circle has just decided that, no, this is harder. And it became this like conspiracy theory that even I bought into because I was like, I was like, this is just a weird word to suddenly have to do. Like, I don't even remember what started it. Was it like, 
Kalk or something. <laughs> yeah, I'm look. So right now I'm looking at the word at the list of wordles. Yeah. Um. Okay. So let me see. Where are we? We are in February. Oh yes. Today's was other. I remember that. Um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was like um cock aroma was one of them. Oh, yeah. The double Cynic. word. Yeah. Humor. I think was like. Yes. Like the U's and the double letters. But now I'm looking at this list and I'm like, I don't remember Agora being a word. Yes. I think the other thing that happened is that there was an overlap where Agora was still on the old site, but New York Times skipped it. That was one of the words they removed. And so if you hadn't loaded like into the New York Times wordle, like there was a transition period where there was technically two wordles happening. And that's where the words got off too. Because <laughs> I'm also seeing that pupil was a word like P-U-P-A-L. And I don't think I got oh, that yeah, one either. So yeah, I remember that one. I was like fully fuming. I was like, ugh, so pretentious. And so it's interesting to realize like, no, it's just like it happened to be it ha- like there's scientists who like did, I don't know, ran well numbers on it. And we're like, yeah, the the commonality of the words shifted through this window of time that happened to be right when the New York Times bought it. But that would have happened regardless of the purchase. I'm looking back though with the older words like banal, rebus, tapir, <laughs> yeah, <no>. like yeah. <laughs> like some of these are not I mean, yes, there's words like peach and using and sonic, yeah. but then there's also weird ones in here. Um yeah, so I don't t- tilde, wretch. <laughs> Like I know it's interesting. Like it's I like I think we all just, just... <laughs> Dutchy. Dutchy was was a word back in November. We all just wanted. I don't know what started. If it was just that it was a hard word and we wanted something to blame, or if we saw other people being like New York well, Times will make this awful, yeah. and so we were looking out for it. I think we didn't like the sellout because yeah, it, it felt like oh, like this is of the people, and then like oh, the New York Times bought it. Like now it's this big corporate thing. Even though the New York Times, I feel like is pretty low on the list of like evil corporations. Mm-hmm, yeah, um, <laughs> but. I mean, it's not like it's not like this is bought by Google or yeah, yeah. you know, like I feel so like New York Times in yeah. general, yeah, has like some positive qualities to it. Um, yeah. But yes, the I, th- I think people were just like annoyed by that, and then also had like yeah. two words that they didn't know pop up. No. <laughs> I like it when it's more difficult. I feel like it's more like. I don't know. Of course, yeah. Usually I get them in four. Like that's the, yeah. that's like the one that I have the most of. So if it's something that like takes a little bit more effort, yeah. I find it interesting. If I get it in like two or three, I'm like, okay, well there went that, like, you know, like since you only get one a day, I like it when it takes a little bit more work <laughs> than when I get it in five seconds and it's like, okay, on to the next. Yeah. I mean, it's just so interesting. I feel like they could do a deep dive. Like the New York Times should do one of their... 30 minute docu series about yes. about the wordle and how people were like this is different than what it was yesterday and therefore I am mad and I am going to blame this thing and just like how that conspiracy spread even among you know uh, people who would say they're not conspiracy theorists but it was just like my worldview does not make space for anything except that something must have changed and I'm going to blame this entity <laughs> for that shift shift five letter word well 
Uh, if we're going to talk about conspiracy theories, I have another one that was fun. Oh, okay. The internet was piecing together, which is the Oscars ceremonies vaccination mandate. Have you been <laughs> yeah. following this storyline? No, I saw the headline and then I forgot about it. So the Oscars announced that you were not going to be required to be vaccinated to attend the ceremony that's coming up at the end of March. This is a a, a huge ceremony. It's not like one of the, it's not like the Emmys or whatever that was just a small dinner. Like there's going to be thousands of people there. It's going to be back to the, its usual size, like no social distancing. And people were immediately like, "What? Why wouldn't <laughs> you require vaccines?" Especially because you know, like. In California in general, lots of places require vaccines. Lots of film festivals and other types of things have been requiring vaccines. And so it immediately, the conspiracy theorists got their hats out and were like, huh, this must be, there must be people that they want to come to the Oscars who aren't vaccinated. And that's why they're not using the vaccine mandate. They're just saying that you have to get the, the PCR test. Yeah. So then the internet was like, okay, well, we're going to try to figure out who these people are who are A-list celebrities who presumably wouldn't, <laughs> who the Oscars would want to attend, but who wouldn't be vaccinated. So, you know, they're like looking at the list of of nominees, of potential presenters, like, um, you know, sort of trolling through old Instagram accounts, like trying to figure out, okay, well, this person posted that they got the vaccine, so it must not be <laughs> them. Also, they were tracking the list of names of people who would be presumably going to the Oscars with the list of, of people who have attended other functions <laughs> so far this year that have required oh, wow. vaccines. So it's like, okay, well, if Regina King was at this film festival that required it, then she must not be one of the people, <laughs> you know? So they're trying to figure out like who has not been attending these events yes. who they would want at the Oscars. And what they, and it's somebody, like I know, question. yes, exactly. <laughs> where you're like crossing people off the list. So then, I mean, it was like very nebulous. There was like a bunch of people whose names were being thrown around. But then the Oscars, after getting all of this pushback, changed the rules to say that the nominees and the attendants wouldn't or wouldn't need to be vaccinated, but presenters and performers would not need to be vaccinated. <laughs> they would just need to be tested. So then everyone's like, okay, well now it now it's like, is it Beyonce? Is it Billie Eilish? Is it who like trying to track down who these people are? And I think that the internet settled on that the person who is not vaccinated, who they want, is Daniel Kaluuya. <laughs> oh, no! Won, yes, who won Best Supporting Actor last year, so they would need him there. He hasn't posted anything about vaccines or him getting one, <laughs> but also he hasn't attended these various events that he would, like, should have attended, <laughs> be, but there was a vaccine mandate. So now everyone's like, it's Daniel Kaluuya, that's the reason why the Oscars is having this weird vaccine thing because he is sort of like the biggest name person who would be presenting as a former Oscar winner because every year the previous wow. actors come back. Yeah. So interesting. Yes. It was like I, people were like, well, Anthony Hopkins has been vaccinated, so it's not him. Like Francis <laughs> McDormand has been to these events, so it's not her. But couldn't it conceivably be like just, oh, they don't want to deal with like sourcing performers or like musicians or staff and they're just like whatever like we'll just take whoever's available type thing no i i don't <laughs> think so because i was listening to a podcast about this too oh, wow and they were saying that <laughs> uh, like hollywood there are a bunch of of bigger 
named people who are who don't want to be vaccinated. Yeah. But obviously, it's sort of a faux pas to come out and say that you're not vaccinated. So they're sort of uh, so they're like agents and managers and stuff are trying to figure out ways to like make it appear that they mm. are, but but that they're not actually. So they're like only going to certain things or like there there's certain concessions. You know, it's like, oh, they have a scheduling conflict during this event, but that's yeah. just because the event has a vaccine mandate. A very interesting uh, <laughs> rabbit hole I went down. Evangeline Lilly needs to like start acting like Kanye and posting texts from celebrities who are like, yeah, I got your back. I'm on the same side. Right. Speak truth to power. That is funny. Wow. It's always the people you least expect. Well, it's like when Nicki Minaj couldn't do whatever that was. (laughs) It's like sometimes they're backed into a corner. Because if they can just sort of hang out, like you don't know. Right. But then when they're required to go to one of these big things, it's like, okay, well, must not have been vaccinated. Do you think this will get so much attention that he'll have to come out and be like, no, guys. Like Miles Teller or whatever, who had to be like, actually, I was vaccinated. Like, please get off my case. I don't know. Because I don't <laughs> think it's become that big of enough of a story yet. Just wait till this. Uh, this <laughs> Wait till the podcast live. drops, baby. Wait till <laughs> yeah. it drops. It's coming for you. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, There was like a bunch of stories around Euphoria that I wanted to get your take on. Because I don't watch the show. But obviously, I know that it's, you know, immature. There's a lot of nudity, a lot of sex, yes. a lot of drug use. And I'm, here, I'm, seen, I'm, I'm here to answer all of your questions. <laughs> I've seen so many stories this last week. I don't know why, if it's just because it's coming to an end or they're just doing like their usual press tour. But so many of these women actresses have been like, oh, yeah, he wanted me to be nude. And I was like, there's no point. So he let me not be nude. And I don't know why, but I just get weird vibes off of these stories, each and every one, where it's like presented almost as like a good for him for collaborating and good for these women for speaking up. But it's almost, I just wonder, like, is he a creep? Like, I don't get it. (laughs) I think Sam Levinson is a very odd sort of problematic individual like yeah uh, in some ways he appears very woke but in other ways i think he is because he's a solo writer right there's not a writer's room for this i saw that well is that true uh i'm not sure um but i know that in the for the second season and i think partially for the first season but definitely for a lot of the plots of the second season that the actors were involved in coming up with their own, with their characters plot lines mm. supposedly so like hunter shaper who's a trans actress um like she was very involved with you know sort of making sure that her plot line was like authentic to who she was i know that yeah. zendaya has been heavily involved in the writing of things also like zendaya was in that terrible movie with um, yeah. John David Washington that they made Malcolm and Marie that they made during the pandemic that was, was weird and problematic, but like uh, supposedly the three of them worked on the script together because it handled race a lot, even though it's written by Sam Levinson, who's a white guy. So yeah, a lot of sort of odd, like murmurs and yeah. rumblings. Like I don't think that anything specifically, yeah, like, like I don't big know if he's like predatory. Right. Yeah. Because but I will say like in the there's so much nudity of male and female 
in okay. in every in every episode like just tons for and a lot of it for really like no apparent reason other than it's just you know it's like it's a sex scene it's a locker room scene it's a whatever and there's just like lots of people's penises and stuff hanging out um there was a whole scene in one of the more recent episodes where the this dad comes home and like pees on the floor of his house and then gives this whole entire monologue to his family while his like penis is hanging out of his pants the entire time and they were talking about how it was a prosthetic penis and then like there were all these pieces on like where you get prosthetic penises and how often they're used in filming and whatnot (laughs) i think the thing with euphoria and with the actors in euphoria that you see a lot in tv shows is when you're not a famous actor and the it says oh well the role requires nudity you're sort of like well i like i want this part so i've got to take it it doesn't matter if i you know want to do the nudity or not because i'm new because i'm just new and that's what this role like that's you know one of the stipulations of the role when you become more famous you can obviously say like yeah i'm not gonna do nudity going into the first season i think really the only you know sort of bigger name people were zendaya and jacob alordi and so their characters never have nudity but the rest of the cast who were smaller people did have nudity i think in between like that Yeah, I think in between the first season and the second season, though, those people got bigger names. And so we're like, hey, we have more agency now. Like, if I'm just going to be in this scene where we're, I'm laying in bed after having sex with somebody, I want, you know, like, give me a shirt, give me a blanket yeah, or something. I just, I think that's where I've like, I've come to this conclusion that I'm just like, I don't feel like nudity or like like explicit sex scenes are ever like worth it because I just think about the behind the scenes mess where it is people who maybe don't feel totally comfortable or don't have total autonomy and they're filming it over a course of days like in front of people and it just feels like exploitative and it's all based on some usually dude (laughs) who's like writing this and it's like there's just something inherently creepy about the idea of Sam Levinson sitting down and being like what's her name sweetie uh yeah sydney Sweeney. sweeney's like chest is out and it's just like the fact that she has to be like hey I, i'm happy to do this scene but like do i need to be naked and he's like oh no it's like well then why'd you write it you know i just feel like there's just these this like creep level to it and the stories coming out around this where it's like mika kelly is like yeah he wrote the script to have me like completely naked on my first day on set and I was like you know I guess I'm not comfortable with that (laughs) and I just don't find it charming that he's like oh yeah that's fine we won't do it it's like well why doesn't he think before he (laughs) before he script writes you know I mean why not why not just say you know this isn't necessary I will say to be fair it's different than the Game of Thrones situation where it was like boobs 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 and not like any male nudity at all so you're like okay this (laughs) is odd where this it's like I think that this season we've definitely seen more penises than we've seen boobs like (laughs) so many penises in every episode Um, but yes yeah it's but but it does there are lots of scenes where you're like i don't know why we like why this needed to be part of it or like you could have shot the scene and not had the explicit nudity in it i don't know yeah yeah i mean if you have an actor who afterwards is like yeah i 
I was just like, I can't do this. But despite her discomfort, she opted against asking Sam to change the scene because she just felt lucky to have been cast. Like, that's not a good vibe. And I mean, the same goes for penises. Like, do the penises add something to the story? Like, is it like, does it help with the character building? I just, I don't want to sound like a prude. Because I don't think it's like, oh, I'm against sex being shown, like presented. I just feel like there's more artful ways to do it that don't rely on like explicit nudity that often comes at the sacrifice of the like humanity or autonomy of the actors and the people involved you know yeah i mean theoretically like most of the roles that the people like not the big roles now but like the most of the random like nudity roles of the side character it's like that's what you yeah i'm like it's in the description and then you can decide whether or not you want to do it but yeah i i think that with euphoria they're just trying to be edgy in a lot of ways because there's so much swearing there's so much drugs there's so much all of that and sometimes it in a lot of times it does factor into the plot line to a certain degree but sometimes you're like what like why are they talking like this or why like (laughs) why did this random person just do drugs for like no reason or or you know yeah this season also is very kind of chaotic the first season felt like an actual tv show where there's like character arcs from episode to episode and you get to the end and you feel like okay every you know it's like a standard vibe this yeah yeah, this season all kinds of there's all kinds of strange artsy things going on that (laughs) sort that like that are cool or like interesting moments but don't really like build on each other. Some of the characters have a lot of attention. Some characters are barely in it at all. There was also this sort of, I don't know if it was a rumor. I didn't really read the article, but that like Kat uh, or Barbie Ferreira, like had gotten into Mm. some kind of argument with Sam Levinson. And so her, like a bunch of her scenes and stuff were cut, which is why she's in this season a lot less than she was in the first season. Um, which I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what I've heard. And she isn't in this season very much, which is weird because she was a much bigger part in the first ones. I don't know. It's very, it's all strange. Yeah. It sounds like Sam Levinson could use a writer's room if he doesn't have one. Uh, (laughs) Cause I also hear he runs a horrific uh, scheduling situation because he's constantly rewriting scripts. So the days end up being long because he doesn't have a shot list and he's just like winging it almost. That sounds like correct. <laughs> so this is just your uh, euphoria check-in uh, behind the scenes drama as presented to me through various Twitter. Yeah, headlines. it says written by <laughs> Sam Levinson on Wikipedia. So I don't. Yeah. So I assume that means that he Um, I'm looking at the episodes. He is like the only writer listed. Yeah. But there's lots of different directors. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Um. Well, the other news is Stranger Things is coming back officially. Oh, yes. I was going to talk about that as well. Yeah. Would you want to take over then? (laughs) Sure. So they announced that Stranger Things season four will be coming back, but that it's going to be split into two separate like parts of the season. The first one will drop May 27th and the second one will come out in July 1st. I think this makes a lot of sense given what we've talked about before about the second and third seasons where they come out and because they're not a week to week thing, they really only get like a weekend's worth of airtime on the internet and then it's gone. So I think to have it come out in May and then July, that's like a couple of months worth of Mm. time that presumably people will be talking about it or watching it. Um, Then they also announced that the fifth 
season will be the final season, um, which I think also people sort of had expected just because the actors are getting older oh gosh, and so, yeah, so old, <laughs> so old. And like I, I, they don't really have, they haven't really said what the season's about, but I assume that there's going to be some kind of time jump going on. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, it was more just like, it shocked me that I saw something that was like, Noah Finn was 14 when he started and now he's 20. And I was like, Ugh. that means I was like, you know, 24 when it started. And it's just like so weird how, how when long Str- this has lasted. When Stranger Things came out, we were working together. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because uh, we talked about it in the office. Yeah. So it's been a while. And I think. And I worked at that job like four years. <laughs> And then I've been out of that job for like two years. So, so this will be your while. first Stranger Things out of that office, right? Because it's yes. been two, yeah. yeah, three years maybe since mm-hmm. the last one. Because that one, because the last one came out at summer. Yeah. So that would, I think, probably the summer before the pandemic yeah, when I still worked there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. <gasps> yeah, it looks like it's going to be taking place in four. Like it, they s- released four posters because four locations will be featured, and it seems like it's. Russia area, the lab we've already seen, and another house we've already seen, both in Hawkins and then California, which I think is where um half they've the moved group to moved or to. whatever. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, will there be a time jump? Maybe, but also I think if we're allowing euphoria and like all these teen shows, we'll have to just allow these adults to look like tweens. You know, we'll have to embrace the <laughs> embrace the uh the insanity as it were you know just allow them (laughs) i could easily see them though being like okay well now they're in high school it's like been a little while whatever yeah and yeah i mean because they were delayed with filming because of covid so maybe they had to adjust the storyline even with that um so yeah i'm excited for it i think their long-winded letter it felt like okay you have to really justify adding this season five. And I hope the season four, you know, that they said is just so long. And so, um, so many hours that it's just like, it works out. I've been happy with all the seasons, which isn't easy to do in this day and age. So I'm hopeful. Yeah. I'm excited. I feel like that they're a good team. And also the, for as much as I loved seasons two and three, I think that they were sort of, I don't know, like spinning their wheels a little bit. Like they were very fun to watch and entertaining, but we didn't necessarily get a lot of new information about the right. sort of world. So I think that now they have a set time table for themselves. Maybe they can move on to more like end game type material of like, what was the lab that Eleven got her powers in? Like, why does she have powers? Yeah. What's going on with Upside Down? You know, like some of those kind of more... Uh, big big picture questions that Do we haven't gotten answers we'll to. Get the the like group of other elevens. I think we will. <laughs> I think we will. Oh boy! Hopefully they they took some notes and and make it a little better. I think they'll be more better integrated. It won't just be like a random one off yeah. episode. But I I think we will. Because they also said, oh, there are still many exciting stories to tell within the world of Stranger Things. So it's very clear that this isn't a. Goodbye forever. It's more we welcome the opportunity for spinoffs. So <laughs> yes, well, and with between the Lord of the Rings spinoff yeah. and the Game of Thrones spinoff coming out. Well, mm-hmm. I also read, I also read a sort of cynical 
thing that by splitting up the season into two parts, they'll be eligible for Emmys both this year and next year for the season. So like the first half will be eligible for this year and then the second half will be eligible for next year. And they were saying that next year's Emmys will also be when Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings are competing. And Mm -hmm. so by splitting them up, maybe Stranger Things like gives themselves more of an advantage this year while still keeping themselves available for next year. I don't know. It was because I think Handmaid's Tale did that yeah. one uh, a, cu- a couple of years back where they were eligible for two years in a row for the same season. Hey, you got to shoot your shot. Yeah. Happy for them to Good try. luck with that. Um, the last story I had, which I'm confused about, and maybe you can give some more clarity, okay. is that Kelly Clarkson is changing her name. <laughs> yeah. So she's filing her, her name is Kelly Clarkson. She's changing it to Kelly Brienne, Brienne being her middle name. Um, she says, she said that my new name more fully reflects who I am after her divorce that's happening. But she didn't take her, her husband's name was Brandon Blackstock and she didn't take his last name. Oh. So I was like, it's confusing. It's not like Clarkson was her. Like, Clarkson's her maiden name. That's always been her name. So it's strange that it would be that she'd be dropping that to tie to the divorce at all. So I was like, well, maybe there's something else going on. Like, I think doesn't she have a weird sort of relationship with her parents or her dad? I feel so I was like, maybe there's something there where she like doesn't want to be associated with that. So that's why she's changing it. It does feel so odd, though, to change it so far into her career, I guess. Yeah. Um, and you, even her divorce, right? Like that was a while ago, wasn't it? Yeah. But the only, I kept Googling and the only information or like quotes I could find was this, my my name more fully reflects who I am, which I was yeah. like, what does that mean? <laughs> and then some people online were, you know, ha- having snooty comments about the fact that she's changing her name. But I was like, obviously, if she's changing it, it's not just like on a whim. I'm sure that every person on her team was like, this yeah. is a terrible move. So it's like, she must have some reason why she's doing it. Right. Especially because have... she has a show called the Kelly Clarkson show. <laughs> right. And the Kelly Brianne show. It's like, <laughs> it's going to take a while for people to figure out who that is. Yeah. That's Cause interesting. Because I... celebrities rarely change their names in general. Yeah. And if they do, it's it's often like the Courtney Cox Arquette kind of thing where you just like add a section on and then delete the section later. Right. Yeah. Because I honestly just thought, oh, she must have been married a lot longer than I thought. Like I thought Clarkson was her married name. No. That is very interesting. But yeah, I mean, you know, she can do what she wants. People want to live their truth. I guess it's like, uh, maybe she just, yeah, it feels like it's toxic and reminds her of bad energy or something. Um, that'll be interesting to see a celebrity at her level have to rebrand in that way. Like, will she just be Kelly? Like, or does she want it to be the Kelly Brienne show? Which sounds very, ugh, Well, then I, I was also confused as to if it's just some kind of legal thing, but she's still going to go as Kelly Clarkson. Right. And it's just for legal purposes or whatever she wanted to get rid of her. But then why say it's to live her truth, you know? It and seems then, like that's a big... Does she, and then she has kids, doesn't she? But presumably... Uh, I don't I don't know. Does she? 
Okay, I'm looking this up now. Kelly I don't Clarkson. think she does. I mean, she was married for a while, but I don't... Oh, yeah, she does. She has children, River Rose and Remington. But they have the Blackstock name. Right. Yeah. So it's not like she's changing her name to somehow match theirs or something. Just a midlife uh, crisis, which sounds flippant, but I just mean... She just decided... Wikipedia still has her as Kelly Clarkson. It says, a request that this article title be changed to Kelly Brienne is under discussion. Oh, interesting. Please do not move this article until the discussion is closed. (laughs) I guess you can't... No one can just edit uh, Wikipedia anymore. Well, but it's it's weird because, like, like if Kelly Clarkson came out as trans and said, like, oh, I want to be, you know, Kyle Clarkson or whatever, like, then it would get changed immediately. Mm. So... And everyone would be Maybe like, oh, yes. it's not legal yet or something. Right. But every, but even if it's not legal, like when yeah. um, Elliot Page changed their name, like, yeah, that was, everyone was like, okay, yes, 100%. Like, we're not using a dead name anymore. Well, obviously, this, uh, that doesn't seem to be the case. But I, it's like, well, if they want to change their name, it seems like we should just go with it. Yeah. You know, like, if they're like, I want to go by, you know. Well, I'm sure she'll uh, share more on her show if she ever has to rebrand it. So, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe she's saving it for a special or something. Yeah, very interesting. Um, but did you have anything you loved or uh, hated this week? Yes. What was I going to talk about? Oh, <laughs> yes. I started. Lord, Lord, forgive me. Um, for this, but I started watching, uh, The Real Housewives of New York. <laughs> on after my love of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, like you started at the beginning. Uh, I started in season three. That's what I was okay. infor- informed to do, <laughs> and it is insane to watch these people. It's like it's not that long ago, but it feels like a completely different time period. Like mm. the discussions that they're having are so out of date and out of touch. It's it's super cringy. I mean, I've only watched like five episodes, but there's this whole plot line about how one of the girls is doing, um, it decided to do a playboy shoot where it's not even like a full nude shoot. She's just like in playboy. And it's all of this discussion of like, Oh, I thought that maybe you wouldn't speak to me after I, you know, decided I was going to do this. Like, what would your kids think? Like, Oh, I think this is a bad. Like everybody has lots of thoughts on whether or not this person should be doing a playboy shoot. And I was like, if this was today, (laughs) <laughs> and someone announced they were doing their Playboy shoot, no one would be like, well, what would your husband think? Or like, right. that's inappropriate. Like, a lot of pearl clutching going on. <laughs> and then also, um, Bethany Frankel is on yes. th- this season. And she, which I did not realize, has a whole line of products called like Skinny Girl. Yes. Um, Which I am like, that feels very dated to yes. be calling, <laughs> you know, your wine like Skinny Girl. And also she's doing sort of like, self-helpy kind of like uh, events where people will ask her you you know there's like question and answer and they're like what should i do if i you know we have a craving at night or she's like just don't eat she's like you know (laughs) you'll feel better if you just don't eat then you'll get skinnier the next day i'm like oh all of this uh like body positivity language is not present and it's very awkward to watch yeah i yeah i remember a lot of those storylines on my feeds through those early years. So 
Yeah, the skinny girl thing still doesn't sit right. Um, well, and that's she's still the name of the brand. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which she's... I was like, I thought for sure that they would have like rebranded or something nope. at this point, but no. <laughs> Needs to take a page from Kelly Clarkson and think, you know what? It's worth it. She seems very out of touch, at least in these oh, early yeah. seasons. She she definitely has the energy of like, well, I just say it like it is. It doesn't matter. I'll just yeah. say it like it is. And I can sort of see how she was popular back then, but I'm like, th- she is odious. Like every everything that comes out of her mouth, I just am like, ugh. Yeah. Do not like her at all. Oh, wow. Yeah. What a journey for you. I mean, isn't she the main player? Yeah, she's definitely presented as sort of like the fan favorite or yeah. whatever, but I no, I <laughs> I can't handle her. I think that she I think she's only on like a couple seasons and then she goes away and then she yeah. comes back. Yeah. So maybe she'll be better in the second go around. Also, truly, who knows how long I'll stay with this. There's so <laughs> many episodes. Well, speaking of trash TV, Love is Blind has released a season two, which if you don't remember, because you didn't watch it, but this came out right before the pandemic in like February of 2020. And this is like the people were on opposite sides of a wall, like chatting yeah, to yeah. each They're other or something. Yeah, they're in pods. And the idea is you have to like create an emotional attachment and then decide, do you want to get married based on that alone? And then once you get engaged, you see the person for the first time. And then you have like four weeks to decide if you want to go through with the wedding. And But so- everybody was still hot, right? Wasn't that the whole thing? Yeah, yeah. Everyone. I mean, it's like, yeah, they were. They definitely were. Um, the casting issue in the season one was something because they were all, there's a lot of white people, a lot of skinny, you know, it's all straight people. It, there's not representation. But what reality day show has representation? Well, I just thought that the whole point of the show of not being able to see the other person. Oh, yeah. Be, you were like, they'll be. <laughs> would be like, oh, so you can get the shock factor of like, oh, I, I fell in love with you, but actually you're 45 or whatever, you know? Yeah. Like, wasn't that the whole point about the voice when the voice came on? Was like, oh. this voice is coming out of that person? I couldn't see them. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, <laughs> that's the premise. Um, season one ended up having two successful couples who to this day are still married and they filmed it in 2018. So, you know, not not a shabby marriage timeline. Um, but so, so Love is Blind came out and they're doing it. So they did the first like four episodes two weeks ago. Then they just released the next four episodes. And then the finale, the final episode where you see if they get married is next week. So I haven't seen the final reveal, but this season um, is sort of like not as, it's definitely not as good as the first season. One, because there aren't couples that you really believe in or root for. And I think that happens with every single reality dating show like this, where it's just once the show is popular, the people you're getting are a lot less like authentic. Like Married at First Sight, the first season, they had a lot of successful couples because it was really just these earnest people who really thought this was the only way left for them to get married. Bless their hearts. Mm-hmm. And I think the same with the first season where there were these couples who were just like these awkward, adorable, but lovable people who ended up finding their perfectly weird matches. This season, they are just a case for like deep, deep therapy. Like they are all really really in dark places and like bad communicators and they clearly just need to take a moment for themselves and like heal and almost every single woman was like I used to be fat and that's my trauma like I don't know if you can love me because I I lost 70 pounds and what if I get that back like I 
it was just like bad that that's like their trigger point at which you know everyone can have their issues but it's like you're clearly not in a place where you can like accept love because you're still struggling to like give yourself love (laughs) and then on top of it all the dudes are just like total douches and one of the guys was constantly like flirting with another girl even though he was telling the other girl that she was who she was her like she was his final pick and accidentally like called her by the other girl's name in the pod and was like being really flirty and then gaslit her and was like I don't know why you're judging me like whatever this is a situation like we're just doing very bad they ended up getting engaged I don't know how that's gonna go Similarly, this guy who's Indian fell in love with this girl who's Indian, but he's like, I've only ever dated white girls. Like, I don't know. And so when they met, he has now gone around to every single person in the cast and is like, I really love her emotionally, but it's like kissing my aunt. Like, I just don't think I like her physically. Like, I don't know if I can survive this. And it's like, if you had hoped that this would last, you first of all, shouldn't say that on camera. And second of all, should talk to her about it. And third of all, you're in for a rude awakening when this airs and we all like she has to watch so you say this to everyone and the world so they're messy but not as like funny messy it's kind of more like ugh, I feel bad for these people and I don't think any of them there's one couple that I think could maybe last but I don't know if that's like a good thing <laughs> and then the rest of them are just like dumpster fires of people and there's not like the same there's like some cringy moments where there's this girl who got engaged to someone and then found out he's an atheist and she's like she's a big believer in god and he's like i think we can still agree on things like as long as you believe in evolution she's like oh i don't believe in evolution no way it's the bible and it was like ah but he still wanted to marry her though earlier (laughs) well it did happen in the pods but he was like oh it doesn't matter asked her to marry him and asked her to marry him and she said yes and then spent the next three weeks panicking because she's like this matters a lot to me and he's like it doesn't matter to me like I love you because you're hot and like let's do this and then he she introduced her she introduced him to her family who as you can imagine they literally were like as long as you like being an American then we'll get along fine just like vibes where you're like what were you doing january 6th you know like that's the energy that they Mm -hmm. were bringing to that interaction and he even one of the brothers was like are you godly and this guy was like wait what does that mean and he was like do you believe in our lord and savior like are do you know god and he was like oh um no no (laughs) it was so awkward but really bad and everyone's just like really like too unlikable to make it fun almost so i don't know it's kind of like will this continue to be a good show it doesn't have the same charm as the first season but it's definitely still like the same sort of watchable mess so if you're if you're going to it for the mess like it's still fun but i think lacking that heart to it like that still like charming relationship there that you can root for does make it a little bit more painful to watch in general these shows are always so tricky because they're fully based on the charisma of the yeah cast yeah. they're not there's not really like anything super exciting <laughs> baked yeah. in except for that i watched um married at first sight the first yes. couple seasons and like the first season was also very good and very compelling and then the later seasons just got worse and worse and nobody stayed together yeah. and you did have oh well in the first season they were very sort of sweet desperate people and then in the later seasons they were people who just wanted to be on reality tv shows yeah. so 
Yeah. yeah. I can see it. Well, glad I never watched it. <laughs> it would be fun to talk about with you, but yeah, it's too late now for you to join the ship, but instead we can talk about death on the Nile. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if anyone ended up seeing this. Uh I think a lot of people ended up seeing this. I went today and the theater was packed. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah, we'll have to talk about it. But that's coming Thursday, which is uh, something to look forward to. And you can always uh, let us know what you think on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. uh, Give us some feedback. (laughs) Help us correct our audio, our personalities, our voices, whatever it is. Um, Our personalities, (laughs) our voices. Yes. I do need help. Welcome to Tips. Um, yeah, so we'll be back on Thursday. We'll see you guys then. Bye.